to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right. Evening, everyone. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day and hour. Thank you for TCBC to be a safe place to bring forth your word, Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit, the words that I speak tonight is of you. I speak the truth, share the good news to bring about change. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Woo. All right. Evening, everyone. My name is Jonathan. And this evening, yeah, just in case you didn't know, I would like to give a little testimony about myself. Not necessarily a comprehensive recount of how God has worked in my life, but I'll just summarize this past year. As I speak to you this evening, it would have looked a lot different years ago, or even a year ago. My willingness to come up here to speak, you know, I viewed the world's view to be a lot more important. And when I say the world, that means man's view meaning I would have doubted and second-guessed myself that I wasn't worthy or someone else knew more than I do that I can't possibly speak about God, the Bible, the Word, that someone would see right through me, and I would have never, ever, ever wanted to come up here to speak in front of a crowd. I would have been absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, been deathly afraid. Nope, can't even pay me a million dollars to come up here. So how did it change? Sunday, Pastor Tom asked me to speak this evening. Without hesitation, I said, I got you, PT. Now, how did I find my boldness? I'll get to that in a few minutes, but first let me give an account of my experiences this past year. Summer break, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Yes, sir. Summer break. Well, around this time, my family went to this Christian summer camp called CFO, which stands for Association of Camps Farthest Out. Now, let me preface this a little bit. Summer camp. Christian summer camp. Heather brought that up. Said, hey, what do you think about if you go to summer camp? You know, she's been going since, well, she started going when she was like 9, 10 and then reconnected with someone, CFO, and I said, how much? Thousands of dollars? Christian summer camp? I'm like, looking at the agenda, oh, I see, praise and worship in the morning. Oh, yeah, some more worship. What? What's called creatives? Oh, yeah, and then this praise and worship and service again at night, and we do this a whole week with people. With people I absolutely do not know that I have to get along with. Oh my gosh, that sounds great. I'm so, so excited. But that, now think about it. my mindset a year ago. Oh my gosh, how many uh, services do we have to go to? I'm like, there's only so much one person can take, you know? But if you think about that, 
how I was so, so, so wrong. Because that's why I want to take that moment to take this moment to talk about my experience as CFO, because I recognize that this was the catalyst to how I really, and I mean really claimed God's promises and took my first steps of using my authority and anointing that I've been learning these past few years here in TCVC. And when I talk about TCVC, I'm including all, everyone that has come up here, not just Pastor Tom. Now, this summer camp, it's a national association of camps that foster This week-long event involves meditation, like I said, morning worship, morning talk, creative classes, prayer groups, evening worship, and again, talk from the speakers or speakers. So how is this a catalyst or the spark for change in me? Well, think about it. You just can't can't have a week-long event that is God-centered and not be on fire for God. This, this week-long event secluded us from the secular world, so we were in our own little bubble for a week that focused on God. You know, how many times does PT remind you, us, that this relationship is a daily devotion, a daily experience, Renewing your mind daily, because if we don't, we're not going to see any change or result because we can't, can't compete with the mindset from the worldly man and spirit man, and we won't be and can't operate in the spirit fully. So I'm going to pick out a few tidbits from my CFO experience that was significant to me and share it with you guys tonight. One instance was our prayer group. For the sake of privacy, let's just call this individual Ralph. Well, his testimony centered on his sobriety, his relationships that suffered from his problems, and how he was in the process of trying to rebuild it. Because of his past affliction, the guilt he felt from the death of his child, which caused his divorce and further spiraled him to become even worse talking about going through the Dunklin rehab program. So hearing that in my prayer group, his testimony, I'm just like, wow, okay? I'm like, wow. And then it was our turn to pray for Ralph. And I'm just watching each person in my group. And it was going to be me who's going to pray for Ralph. And I just heard his testimony. And I couldn't go up there and just be like, oh, Hope everything's better, my dude, and give him a little tap in his shoulder. I'm like, okay, as I was watching the prayer come to me, you know, all those words that were deposited from here, TCBC, Pastor Tom, I'm, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying in tongues. I'm like, Holy Spirit, show me what to pray for Ralph. Be significant, not just some run-in-the-mill like, yeah, in the name of Jesus, I hope you're okay and be healed. Amen. Done. I mean, when it was my turn, the Holy Spirit told me to pray uh, for Ralph to be washed by the blood of Jesus, amongst other things. And I can remember I laid my hand on his shoulders, 
telling him the blood of Jesus washed away his transgressions in the past. And I just felt my hand go on fire. Something I've never, never experienced before. Mind you, this was my very first night in a prayer group that evening. Never met any of those individuals. This was a situation that I've never experienced, but I've just thrust into that and said, okay. And I had, I had to use all that knowledge that was deposited in me. If you look at the mission statement here in TCBC to train you, and I just remembered PT's voice and like all those prayers that were deposited, and I looked to the Holy Spirit to guide me to pray for Ralph. And in that moment, I was just in awe. I was like, oh my gosh. That evening, during supper, my prayer group leader came up to me, shook my hand, and thank me for that prayer for Ralph and everyone else in that group. And again, a moment, a firsthand experience, personal experience that I encountered. Another instance in our daily schedule, they set up classes that were called creatives. Of course, the first one I attended was the art class. And afterwards, it became known I was an artist and oh yeah, how great my drawings and paintings were. But after two days in that art class, I couldn't really, you know, hide in there anymore. I was kindly asked that I should definitely look to attend the other creative classes. Now, who, who wants to leave their comfort zone? How often do you want to leave your comfort zone? So when I went to go look at the other classes, I said, okay, where'd Heather go? And, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go to that class. And I'm looking, and she happened to be in um, the creative class that was covering um, prophecy. The activity for that day was to pray and meditate and write whatever came to your mind on a note card that would be read out loud to the group. And if it was relevant to anyone, right? If it was relevant to anyone, they would share what it meant to them. Now, my eyes opened up wide, so wide. And I was like, I don't wanna look like a dummy to say something or to say, oh, I have absolutely nothing. Never done any of these things or even contemplated about doing, doing it. You know, that self-doubt, you can't do it. Someone else is better than me. This is something only for Pastor Ted. But at, but at that moment, I remember Pastor Ted reminding us that anyone, Amen. anyone can operate with the gift of prophecy. So I clutched that note card, I clutched that pen even harder, and I prayed again, closed my eyes, prayed some more, prayed in tongues. Then I got a vision of a road, asphalt with white dashed lines. Opened up my eyes, and of course self-doubt creeps in again, starting to overthink it in my head. This can't be it. But I'm thinking, it has to be. That's the vision I got from the Holy Spirit. So I wrote it down. I see a road, you're, and you're supposed to cross to the other side. So I give the card to our class leader. I'm looking around. Everyone's still praying. People are writing sentences. 
And I'm like, okay, and I'm done, and I'm just waiting because everyone's still like, you know, meditating and praying, writing sentences, and I had this simple one, uh, one sentence describing a road. I'm like, okay. So when everything was done, and they, they read out loud my notes, I thought it wasn't going to mean anything, and I was going to look like an idiot. But someone raised their hand, and this lady commented that it was confirmation for her to quit her job and to go ahead and start her own business, cross that road, so to speak. So afterwards, I'm just amazed that I had a word that the Holy Spirit actually spoke to me that, you know, my heart is racing, I'm in an awestruck. Of course, I point these things out not to speak about how great I am, but how we can operate in the gifts of the Spirit if we humble ourselves and understand how to be a co-laborer with our Lord Jesus Christ. However, the greatest, the greatest moment was reserved for me in the last evening of CFO when I couldn't sleep that night because I was speaking to God that evening, just like a proud child recounting all his achievements to his father, like sitting on his laps talking to him. That was what I was doing. An intimate time between myself and God, and oh, he was smiling and kept asking me to repeat what I learned that week. So when I returned back home, I was even prompted in Sunday service that I had to speak boldly about my Lord. And at that moment, I laid it all at the foot of Jesus, my old self, and prepared to be a good witness to the Lord and operate in my kingdom authority. One level of glory to another. Amen? Amen. Church, not only am I so grateful for the past experience, but before we left, we were asked, Heather and myself, to be on the council ring. The, lead, the leadership committee, a charge I don't take lightly. I have, a, I have a chance to extend the kingdom, to be around like-minded individuals, to be isolated from the tugging of the outside world. Super duper excited to be attending CFO in a couple of weeks. And oh, how fitting. But this year, I've been assigned to be part of the welcoming committee because... <laughs> You know, if you know me, I'm just so affable that talk about PT being introverted. Have you not met me? But if you do, you kind of see that, yes, I do open up towards if I really get to know you. But I mean, wow, being thrust in that moment. And this year, I even opened up an email this morning from one of our council ring members literally today. And saying, hello, I'm so excited that to, to meet all my prayer group leaders. And guess whose name, whose names, I just told her today, whose names are in that list. Yes, prayer group leader. Oh, how exciting. Oh, but seriously, I bring this up because be prepared to be stretched. And all these traits and gifts are already inside of us. And when you operate in the spirit, oh, 
you definitely have everything you need you need and just like it says in philippians chapter 4 verse 13 i can do all things through christ which strengthened me but did you ever read verse 12 it says i know both how to be abased and i know how to abound everywhere and in all things i am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Let me reread that in the NIV version. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want have experienced both. Last year, years prior to that, have seen, you know, God was in me, but I never fully kind of operated in his authority. So I repeat, you know, verse 13 a lot, but I know, I know what it looks like to have and God in you and operate in the spirit. And I think I choose the latter. Now, I had those, I realized I had those certain gifts and coming out learning to be content in my daily walk despite my circumstances because my God will see me through my storm and give me authority to speak to the mountain. I don't know about you, when I go about things without the Holy Spirit's guidance, yep, not not a good deal. Earlier, I also referenced self-doubt. A lot of self-doubt because it's going to come and it's going to come attack you. It's going to rear its ugly head. It's going to convince you otherwise. Be prepared just like in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Church, be prepared because as I grew into one level of glory to another, the devil's scheme was to change God's word, just like when I was in that prophecy class, that my vision was too simple and wrong. The devil changed my identity. Every now and then, fear likes to creep back up, and I just, need, I just used my inherited authority in Christ, and I cast that fearful spirit out. When I put on the whole armor, I used the sword of spirit to cut out the wiles of the devil and be wise enough to be in the word to be aware when it's the enemy's schemes. Temptations. Oh, because living like my old self would be much, much easier. You claim, you claim this Christian lifestyle. You'll be put in under a microscope. You're elevated to, to a different level. And other people just can't wait for you to fall and throw it back in your face. So... Trying to increase your, your daily walk is a lot more difficult than the worldly ways. Take this evening, for instance. I could have easily told Pastor Tom that I'm not prepared, that it was too short of a notice. Mind you, as Sunday service continued, as I was listening to the word, I was praying fervently about what in the heck I was about to speak about tonight. But I put my trust 
in the Holy Spirit that the topics I would speak about would materialize and be a word for someone. Fear. Fear is a polarizing phenomenon. It firmly rooted itself in me. I'll be honest. There were things in life I failed to pursue because I was just fearful of what was involved to get there or fearful of the results not going my way. And I was fearful to admit I was a Christian because some of the stigma related to it. I had self-doubt about speaking the word, unsure with questions and doubts about my faith. I didn't step out in faith. I got discouraged because I thought the worldly perspective was more important than what the word said. The world intimidated me. But as my faith grew, and I've seen numerous, numerous times how God had a hand in a lot of my blessings. There's absolutely no way, no way, no other way than being bold and a true witness of being a kingdom citizen citizen, that you won't be blessed. You can't sit under TCVC and the word, the truth, and not be delivered from worldly ways. Those truths, man, they scratch at those hurts. The word can manifest things, like in my case, unforgiveness and anger, just to name a few. I mean, it took a while. It took a long road to being delivered from it. It took a while because I didn't know that I had to give it unto God and lay it at his feet and accept his promises and learn. Here's the key. Learn to operate in my anointing and claim my favor. And because of that, become emboldened with God's purpose in my life. Still working on a few things. The word is still working in me. But if you and I claim Jesus as our Lord and Savior and being born again, we have to understand that as a witness, we are disciples and followers. We are also missionaries in a sense, and Jesus calls us to be a spreader of the faith and word. That is why I can stand here this evening, just like Paul in Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Church, we are set apart, set apart from others, that if we have inherited the promises of the kingdom, we have a responsibility, a charge to spread the truth and to set others free. Let's look at Let's look further down in Romans chapter 1 to verse 14. I am obligated both to Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. Think about that. When Paul was talking to the Greeks, they were supposed to be the upper echelon of society, educated, even the wise, even the foolish. We have to spread, spread the word, spread the faith. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Verse 17, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, 
The righteous will live by faith. So just like Paul, we have an obligation to live out the truth and preach it as well. TCVC, CFO, faith-shaking life experiences, coalesce, merge, and united together that stirred my desire to be a witness to God. That's where I get my boldness from. God changed my life for the better. Look at the secular world. Let's be honest. There is something they are seeking. And if you have gained knowledge of the truth, you have a responsibility to tell and speak about God and the gospel, just like I am this evening. Listen, there is no greater message than the good news, the gospel. John chapter 3, verse 16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The gospel is the word of truth, the good news through faith in Jesus who who offers us salvation through our faith in his crucifixion and resurrection. And because my faith My salvation has been restored. I have no problem coming up here speaking or professing who my Lord and Savior is. Does Jesus not charge us in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, to spread the gospel to all ends of the earth, to every living creature? So we have to be eager to be bold and be the defenders of the truth. And because I understand the assignment, I have gained favor. I am redeemed, forgiven, sanctified, and reconciled. Favor, a word I use in my earlier sentence. I know I am favored because I am the son of the living God. God has favored us because he gave us his only begotten son, gifted us the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us to guide us in every instance of life, forgiven us of our sins. I know I'm favored because he has supplied my needs and desires, favored me by providing a wife that supports me and holds me accountable, family and friends that surround me, that are like-minded, who encourage me and pray for me, favored because God has bestowed promises and purpose in my life, favored because God has answered my prayers as long as it was in the will of God, favored me because he has taken time to speak to me, immeasurable freedom and gifts. So, Don't take those things for granted because he bestowed us all these gifts that there is no chance to be meek in his presence, but to come boldly to extend his kingdom that when we come to the throne, we can also come boldly. So how can I receive favor from God? Well, with the right relationship with God. 
co-laboring with God in, co- in completing his will in your life. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Let's look at that passage. Let thine heart keep my commandments. We have to deposit the word of God into our hearts to feed our spirit man. The truth enables us to think like God thinks. We respond the way God does in our circumstances instead of responding out of our feelings. Ever regret saying something because you were not in the right state of mind because you were just too angry? Feelings, yep, they can get you in a whole, whole lot of trouble. Verse 3, let's read that in the NIV version. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Your neck is your intermediary between your heart and your brain, right? So if your heart is filled with the truth, the gospel, then what you speak, what you act, what you see and observe is with love and faithfulness. Speaking and acting in love and being guided by God's word and truth Treating others with love, being truthful, kindness, a distinction that sets you apart. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, if you look further down that passage. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Question, what comes out of your mouth? What do you profess? Do you speak life? Do you edify others? Are you binding love and faithfulness around your neck? If you aren't, don't expect to find favor with God. Or worse yet, you might get eternal consequences when you have to account for your life and actions. Another set of scriptures. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Second scripture, Colossians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering and joyfulness, give thanks unto the Father. So, when you do what is right and suffer for it, and you patiently, patiently endure it, you find favor with God. 
through difficult times and seasons instead of grumbling, moaning, and without complaining, we patiently wait for God to see us through it. it is another way to find favor with God. Look, Heather and I had to make some life-altering decisions for our girls. It has been long-suffering, shall we say. And yes, not all of it has been joyful. But we have shown love and faithfulness. Remember, bind that around your neck. Love and faithfulness. Our eldest has proclaimed and turned her life back to the Lord and has, stated, has started to take baby steps in that direction. We're still long-suffering with the other two. But through love, prayer, and faithfulness, and surrendering, surrendering it, surrendering it unto the Lord, I, we, hold steadfast that God will see us through this season. So, what else do I do to find favor with God? Well, it's in your daily walk with God. Look, this relationship is through trust, obedience, love, worship, and servitude. My relationships build trust and obedience to His will. I look to God to fulfill my needs. I have an urge to worship, to praise, and to serve Him in His will in my life. So when I, find, when I fill my heart with the gospel, renew my mind, and apply those principles in my life, I watch how God works in it. In our daily walk with God, we have to apply what is said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. And... Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not unto men. So when you work in servitude of God and not of men, oh wait, sorry. So when you work in accordance to the will of God, do it genuinely, enthusiastically, with zeal, with all of your heart, in servitude of God and not of man, in daily affairs. Do things heartily, regardless of the job or the task at hand. Let's think for a second. Have you ever thought about a job that you simply don't want to do or complain that it's beneath you? Do you think that it finds favor with God? Listen, we are servants. Jesus had a servant's heart, and we represent him. So... Do you want that promotion? Do your best. Do it heartily, regardless of the task, meaningful or mundane. How do you go about your daily interactions? With character? Do you complete your job or task with the best of your ability? Or is it good enough to get by so you can just get paid? I've heard Pastor Tom recount numerous times in his job in the post office that when he worked on, Mundane tasks like sorting out the mail, he did it heartily with a smile on his face to the best of his ability. And when he finished his route, he came back to help others finish theirs. So, do you want God's best blessing? Well, do the same, and he will return the favor. 
I am thankful that TCVC deposited the truth of the gospel inside of me, that TCVC helped me to recognize my true identity in the Lord Jesus Christ. Time and time again, TCVC helped me break those past chains, the weight and burden of past sins to break off of me and be cast aside. Thankful to sit under Pastor Tom and TCVC and to be pushed, pushed, stretched to operate under the Spirit to continue in fulfilling my purpose. Thankful to be held accountable to grow, to cultivate my anointing, to be prepared to, my, to reach my next level of glory in His holy, mighty name. Church, we are placed in this day and hour to complete God's design. We have inherited all the skill sets and gifts to complete our destiny with the Holy Spirit as our companion. One of these days, we will be held accountable for our actions here in this world for eternity. That's a really long time. We can either choose to use our gifts and walk our daily lives in His will, or we can outright choose to ignore them entirely. But it doesn't change the fact that we will meet our God in heaven and look to see if our name is written in the book of life. So be wise, be enlightened, that God is the source and giver of everything in this world. Recognize and use your gifts to find favor because God delights in seeing his children taking up the mantle as much as Elijah did and continuing to co-labor and operate under the power of God. Now, don't be caught up in your circumstances and start to question why you don't see favor in your life. Because if we let those, the wiles of the devil creep in, you know, think about it. You know, how come they're elevated? They got a promotion. How come their marriage looks better? I wish my children, you know, starting to compare your life, your circumstances with others. Because one of the things that is difficult for us is we can't wait. We can't wait for God's timing. When it doesn't materialize and it doesn't happen the way we want it, we try to enact or make it the way it should look. And it's never going to work out in your favor because he's maybe delaying something in that season in your life until everyone is ready and everyone is prepared for that change. And that is one of the biggest mistakes that we make is that we can't wait for, uh, we can't wait on God's timing. It's easy to proclaim your faith, but when faith shaking events strike at your life, how strong is your faith? If you heard me tonight talking about favor and operating boldly for Christ, 
and you start questioning, where is my favor? Check yourself. Are you walking in sin? Because sin can outright block some, if not all, of God's favor. Ask simple questions. Simple questions. God, what's the reason? Is there something in my life that's keeping me from finding my favor? Do I grumble and complain? Am I, way, am I walking in sin? Find deliverance from them because I had to. I'll leave you with this passage, this last verse, before we walk forth and take up our mantle. Let's look at Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Further down in the passage, for unto whomever much is given of him shall be much required. Thank you, church. the kingdom of God and his righteousness.